Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this uh, December the 26th edition of Sports Scope. A lot of good games on TV yesterday with the NBA. Wanted to talk about this. I really wanted to get into the over height of the Lakers record and now it's one of those deals where I said I, to, I wanted to say I told you so but I really didn't have a chance to break down the NBA I wanted to say well for one thing this particular team the age and the pace of this Laker team was not going to hold up uh you, you listen to the national media folks particularly your Doug Gottlieb's, your Colin Cowherd's, your West Coast Fox Sports people gloat and gloat and gloat. And of course, with your Stephen A. Smith, these guys are such fanboys of LeBron James and this Laker squad. And I'm thinking, okay, do you guys realize the injury history that this team has, not just with LeBron James and everybody? So I'll talk about that also. And I know that the media, the same media, Paul Fonbon, one of, I'm a huge fan of Paul Fonbon, love the, his knowledge of the SEC and everything. But he made a comment a few weeks ago about Nick Saban not being uh, a dominant coach anymore. Uh, I don't want to use the word dominant, but kind of had this between him and some of the other national figures that Alabama, just because LSU in the playoff, good chance to play for a national championship this year. Uh, the way Clemson played Alabama last year, that they're totally going to be out of this thing. I don't think that's the case. I looked over their recruiting. I'll talk about their class. And also the biggest uh, sports event of this weekend the college football playoff, I know that a lot of you are picking LSU over Oklahoma. I get that. The most uh, talked about game, the one I'm going to get into, is Ohio State and Clemson. This is the most torn I've been since the college football playoff. Uh, this, this should be a really good, tight game. Uh, particularly for a first game in the playoff. If you think about uh, since this playoff occurred, since the first one, I want to say it was with um, Ohio State and Alabama when Urban Meyer won his third national championship. I think that particular year when Oregon played uh, Florida State, that was a really good one. I wasn't real sure about that Alabama-Ohio State. I had Alabama winning that game, obviously, Ohio State won that game. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that Oregon would beat Florida State that year. Florida State skidded by. They're coming off of a national championship over Auburn the year before that. But this particular year, that the, the, this Ohio State-Clemson game, very interesting game to break down. The first, let me start off with the NBA this is uh, my first show to really talk about the NBA. Like I said, a lot of good games on yesterday. A lot of players sluggish. Typically, and you will notice this, that sometimes the star teams do not play up to their 
capability on Christmas, particularly the uh, the home team, because they have family, they have uh, uh, you know children events to tend to, and they're not really taking it that seriously. And 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 the other case is uh, it's a complete opposite. A lot of times. These are like playoff-like game atmospheres. I can remember uh, Golden State last year and L.A. That's where LeBron tore his growing. Last year, L.A. went off the rails, and everything is history. Half that team got traded. The coach moved on and took a Sacramento job. Uh, used to, and, and it still should be the effect for me, I still say that the NBA uh, should start around either – uh, around Thanksgiving, particularly if it was up to me, it would start the Christmas night. That should be the opening night. That's when I usually start to pay attention to the NBA. Uh, college football, winding down, pro football, a lot of the uh, championships and fantasy are, are done and everything. So, uh, But the NBA is, there's a lot of baseball going on still in October, November, a lot of the college football games are going on on Saturday. But now that you're getting in December, those games are done. Everybody's getting ready for their bowl game and for their uh, playoffs. Uh, you have a lot of extra time to pay attention to these NBA. But I have been listening, like I said, to the, a lot of the national media, uh, media there talking about how good this team is going to be, how good this, um, this Laker team is going to be. I'm impressed with their start, but I'm also looking at people like Chris Broussard and Doug Gottlieb, like I said, Colin Cowherd, and them going on and on about the Lakers playing hard throughout. Uh, uh, they're going to contend for this number one seed. And, I'm, and I thought to myself, okay, LeBron will be 35 next week in December. Uh, Anthony Davis is a history of, of being injured. He's never finished a season. Uh, there's a series of games. This guy's always hurt. Very good perimeter uh, inside defender. I, I'll give him that. And then you've got people like, okay, Rajah Rondo, 33 years old. You've got Dwight Howard, 34 years old. Look at all that injury history. Where's your youth? Cal Kuzman, great game yesterday. And... I, I would credit the, the Lakers uh, brass and their um, management and everybody for, for, for keeping him. I mean, they got rid of Brandon Ingram. See, he had a, a big game yesterday. They went up and got an upset on Denver, home team. Phone, uh, home team did not show up ready to play. Uh, New Orleans team without Zion Williamson, no problem. Went up there and beat Denver in Denver. Uh, no, no surprise there. But Brandon Ingram, you could see the talent with this guy coming together at the end of last year. But like I said, I just wanted to talk about this. I mean, I'm looking at this team. LeBron, uh, he, 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 missed the, the, he missed the Denver game a few games ago. They lost that game. Again, this team has lost four straight. They're 27, 24 and 7. Uh, they're, they're two and a half games ahead of Denver. They're two games ahead of. Um, Two games even ahead of the Clippers, 
and they're three games ahead of the Rockets and 3.5 games ahead of this Luka Doncic uh, phenomenal player here uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. So let me ask you something. Do you think that they're going to be able to hold these teams off? Look at Luka Doncic having an MVP type of season with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Houston, you never know what's going to happen between between Russell uh, Westbrook and James Harden. I get it. I get it at the coaching. They are actually playing better than I thought they would, considering that Mike D'Antoni's coaching style and lack there of respect that he commands of the locker room. And, of course, the best team that everybody sees coming, the L.A. Clippers. Remember, the Clippers, the Clippers have more moving pieces. They have two all-stars have to learn to play together. You know, everybody kind of just plays off LeBron. But when you've got a guy like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, this team is going to take longer to develop. And they have a, they have more players that they depend on on their bench than, than a team like the Lakers. So, plus Kawhi Leonard is doing his load low management. He wasn't shy about that. That's what he talked about coming in. That, that was one of his, quote, demands of the uh, Clippers and whoever that he signed with. You know, and, and it just looks like that this team led by LeBron, they were pushing themselves really hard early on, and now LeBron's got this nagging, growing injury. God knows how long he can miss with that time. So I, it just seems like that they – the Lakers were getting crowned in the Western Conference Finals, going to be second to uh, – to, and, and going to be a very close final and all this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, do you really think that they're – okay, they got 51 games left. Yeah, they still lead the conference. They're 24-7. and seven. Uh, They're behind only the Milwaukee Bucks, another team that they lost to the other day. And I think a lot of people – uh, fans included, are looking in the rearview, but they're not looking at LeBron over the last two years. They're looking at LeBron the past seven years before that. It's just not the same. I commend the guy's work ethic. I think he has uh, have have a, another level of focus this year, more on basketball, less on the movies, less on the noise. You can see it in his play, but I think he his minutes uh, – his games play, I think they were pushing himself a little too hard early on. I'll commend it. But with the age, with, with, with um, like I said, Anthony Davis's history, Kyle Kuzman's your only young player that you can really depend on. JaVale McGee, who is starting over Dwight Howard at center, this guy's 31 years old. Dwight Howard's 34. Uh Rondo's 33. Rondo was hurt the year before last. He was hurt some last year. So there, there is just not this indication that this team is going to stay at one or two seed. They're not going to fight off the Clippers. I felt like that narrative was really being pushed. Now you can see it's not even January yet. They've already lost four straight. LeBron's already got this nagging injury going ahead. And you look at the other teams developing around them and getting better. Very impressed with Dallas Mavericks tonight. Uh, Clippers, just about how you would expect those games. To, they, the Clippers are 2-0. Lakers outplayed them for three quarters. They fall apart. 
the Clippers are only going to get better because of the two bigger players playing together and meshing together. They're only going to get better and better. We all know they had a deeper bench coming in. They have more stability at the coaching, even though Frank Vogel has done a good job with this team, has coached LeBron's teams against them well in the past when he was at Indiana. That's why LeBron came in. A lot of respect for him coming in, and I will commend that. But I think their pace was a little too high. The expectations for them are a little too high. My my prediction right now, and it could get worse if if he if this thing if this nags and nags and nags uh, this growing injury, and you and you and you keep your fingers crossed that Anthony Davis don't get his usual injury. Um, if Anthony Davis, I see this team being a four or five seed in the West, okay? Which means, say, for instance, if you're a five seed, you're starting off on the road. You're likely going to go back on the road in the next round or so. So what does that mean? Well, the issue with that is a lot of people say, well, that's not a big deal. It puts strain on your starters to play longer minutes. And I know that benches get shortened up in the uh, playoffs. I get all that. But the issue is uh, the uh, the opposing team, the home team's bench shoots the ball better at home. The home team's bench does not typically statistically play as good on the road. You depend on your stars on the road. So you're going to depend on LeBron James who's coming off a growing injury, re-aggravate that growing injury, and a guy like uh, Anthony Davis who has that in, So are you going to put that much faith in a Kyle Kuzman? You know, I know they've got shooters, uh, Katavis, Caldwell, Pope, Danny Green. Danny Green's over 32, by the way. So this team, on paper, if, if the season just ended now, yeah, that'd be great, you know. But we're 51 games in, and, and you've got these people crowning these guys. I mean, you got people like Doug Godley, who, who claims to be just the end-all, be-all in the NBA. And I thought, I've got to say something about it, because I know this is going to happen. I know what's happened is going to happen. Uh, I just can't see this, this team overcoming that and, and winning the finals. Now, coming in, most people would say, yeah. The Clippers are better. But my thing is, they're going to fall so far in the seating. I think the Denver Nuggets are going to get better. And this is only going to get worse. I'm not really sure if LeBron's ever going to win another ring in L.A. I really am. I'm really not because you look at Denver. Clippers are young. Dallas is coming. Utah at 18 and 12. Utah doesn't quite have the star power. They're not gelling the way I thought they would. The most athletic players, Donovan Mitchell, uh, maybe Mike Connolly's a little long in the tooth, not quite playing as well. And then you look at Boston in the in the East. You look at Philadelphia in the East, Milwaukee. I could see Milwaukee making some type of play to get another superstar or any kind of all-star level player. At the deadline, Giannis has got even better uh, than he was last year. You could see him working on his three-point shot. Uh, 
you could see uh, that they probably need another piece there. They needed another piece last year. Go out and make that big move. Remember last year what Toronto did, the team that eventually won the championship? They went out and got Mark Gasol at the trade deadline from Memphis. I thought that was huge for their inside uh, game, their defense inside, the offense, uh, the leadership quality. Now, of course, he's hurt. He's a guy in his mid-30s. So if you could see a guy, a, a team like Milwaukee making another trade, I could see that team beating this Laker team. I've already think that the, the Clippers are the better team. They've already shown that. The Clippers, everybody, are only going to get better. Have a deeper team. I already know about load management. That's why they're not pressing like the Lakers. I don't know what the Lakers are trying to think. I don't know what LeBron was thinking pressing this far, this early. He kind of reminds me of the old LeBron in Cleveland when they would play this Golden State Warrior team. He'd run all, he'd run as hard as he can for three quarters, and you could see uh, the the game would not get totally out, out of control, and and eventually he would run out of gas. The great ball movement by the Golden State Warriors would beat them every time in the fourth quarter during all those sweeps in the finals and even in the regular season, for that matter, when those two teams played. LeBron can be the best player in the court, but he's only got shorter and shorter spurts. And you saw that yesterday uh, in, in that in uh, Christmas Day game. So like I said, I, I just basically I would take the field over the Lakers, because I'm banking on them, getting those injuries, not a hater. Uh, I like what they've done so far. They probably need to get younger in some spots, need a few more shooters, um, just more. that you, We want to give LeBron less and less time during the regular season to play out here, because he's got to monitor his injuries. But the issue is you've got these older players and Davis with his injury history, it's just, it's just, it, 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 in other words, what I'm saying is they're fools go. They, they look better than what they are. They kind of remind me, in football terms, of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, one, a team that's really played over their head, and, and they had one guy carrying them. Now, of course, obviously, Davis is a talented player. He's a great defensive player, excellent score, excellent shooter. But, you know, he, he's just not going to, you can just see this thing falling apart. You see everybody that, like I said, a lot of them are fanboys on the West Coast that are trying to push this narrative, and and I think they're doing it just for ratings. I don't think they actually believe that the Lakers are going to finish with that one seed, and this is going to be this big battle in the West. They think that a lot of them know that the Lakers are going to fall to that four or five seed because of injuries, and this is usually when LeBron takes his big time off. Anyways, I think the Rowan injury is legit, but normally he likes to mail it in the month of January. So that is all I have to say about that. They are, are they are too old. They are, are, are overrated, and I'm not saying it just because they're on a four-game winning streak. I'm saying that because the way the team is constructed as we see it could be wrong if I am. And they, and they get healthy at the right time, win the championship, I'll be the first to admit I made a mistake there, okay? Uh, moving on. Okay, college football playoff will be played on Saturday at uh, 3, uh, what is it, 3.30? Yeah, 3 at 3 o'clock Central Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. 
uh, LSU, Oklahoma, LSU is favored by uh, 10 at one point. Now they're 13-and-a-half point favorites over Oklahoma. Oklahoma's defense has improved since last year. As I said from the beginning, I, I did not uh, trust Jalen Hurts. There's a reason why he was beat out at Alabama by Tua. He's a guy that he has improved tremendously. The games I saw him in, this team uh, could have blown out a lot of teams. Uh, your your Texas is of the world. I remember watching that Red River Red River rivalry game with Texas, and I thought to myself, you know, this Jalen Hurts team is he he had like three turnovers in that game. I said, you know, he if he does that against an LSU team or even Alabama, this team would get walloped. If he'd done that against this Ohio State team, uh, they would get walloped. But Ohio State with their running game, this J.K. Dobbins and, and Justin Fields, who is having a great season, by the way. I was looking over some of these stats. I printed out a uh, ESPN insider sheet here, and it's going over the, the uh, sporting books lines that is provided by the, the Caesar Sportsbook. So these are pretty spot on. And like I said, LSU's a 13-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, not a big Jalen Hurts fan. I know the uh, Lincoln-Riley deal and all that. It, it looks great on paper. I know he's two for two. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield having a rough year. But, you know, that's two number one picks. He's not going to be three for three. Jalen Hurts did not win the Heisman like we said he was. Uh, like I uh, but I will say this, this team is, uh, I want to say they were giving up like 450 yards a game. And now that defense has gotten back to 278, a little bit better there. Uh, I was reading some of the notes here from this, uh, insider information. Uh, Oklahoma is one in five against the, uh, uh, against the spread there. They're one in five against the spread. Uh, that 13 and a half number does look a little high. Now, remember, uh, this team smoked the Georgia Bulldogs. A lot of NFL players there uh, beat up on Texas A&M, a team that uh, scored like almost 70 points on them last year because they had all those uh, thousand overtimes and all that stuff. So, you know, I think that um, I think it will be right. I, I, personally, I wouldn't bet the number here. I would just bet this straight up. I'm going to take LSU to win this game because I'm not sure. That 13-and-a-half seems like a sucker play where it could be uh, – if, if, remember, if it's a push, you lose. I could see this either being 14, and I could actually see this being a 13-point game. I'm not too sure about this I could because LSU's defense – is not the quite as, as what it has been before. Now I'll say this. Uh Phil Steele, this is the guy's magazine that every insider reads. Every, I mean, include me, and I'm not even an insider. Uh he breaks these numbers down after they law after they um the uh Alabama game, they really tightened up on their defense. That 40, they got 41 points they gave to Alabama. Remember, now that was on the road at Alabama. 
Alabama was playing comeback in that. The Tigers uh, shredded Ole Miss 400. Now, Ole Miss put up 402 yards, uh, 58-37 victory. Since then, they have allowed 253 yards per game. So their defense has tightened up. Like I said, A&M was a, was a good challenge for them. And then I was even more impressed with Georgia in the championship game, even though Georgia had injuries at their skilled players. LSU, my opinion, with Joe Burrows' high level, 70-plus passing percentage, and, and, and the, the tightening up of the defense, they are the best team in this conference. Like I said, I'm not going to bet the number there. I'm just bet LSU to win this game straight up. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't beat them by 14, but I could also see this being a 17-point game and Oklahoma scoring a garbage touchdown with the scheme of a Lincoln Riley and making a 10-point game and making it look a lot closer than what it is. But the main reason I wanted to talk about these games, like I said, Last but not least, Ohio State and Clemson. It's it's been uh, Clemson's been a two and a half point favorite uh, over the. I, I want to say over the past two weeks since this uh, line came came out, I kept wanting to say that think that it would it would either blow up one way or the other, or it would swing back in the way of Ohio State, or or make it a five point game for Clemson. So this this two-and-a-half number tells me a lot of people are split on this game, including myself. I was eager, and, and uh, I've watched a lot of the Ohio State games. The Clemson games that I did see, wasn't very impressed with the Texas A&M game. Remember that uh, October game? I want to say it was in late September, early October. It was the North Carolina game. If North Carolina makes that two-point conversion, they lose to North Carolina. Syracuse is way down this year. Uh, Virginia was the 25th-ranked team. They really haven't played anybody. That being said, they've got four defensive starters coming back. They have eight offensive. They are more lenient on their offense than they are the defense. you got uh, Trevor Lawrence, going to be a number one pick overall in 2021. This running back, Eton. Eaton or whatever his name is, he's going to be an NFL draft pick. T. Higgins, the wide receiver there, he's going to be an NFL draft pick. The defense is coached by Brett Vettables. Uh, they've, they've gotten better as the season has went along. Remember, this was a 31 to nothing game back in 2016. There's still some Ohio State players, the seniors that, that witnessed that, there for that. Uh, some seniors on Clemson. I'm sure they're not stars. If, if they were stars, they would be in the NFL. We're on that team. The speed differential looked really tremendous. That being said, this Ohio State team has – this is one of the better Ohio State teams I have seen. I'm really impressed with those last 350-yard-plus games rushing by J.K. Dobbins. But here's my big issue. This has been a quiet – under the radar kind of um, uh, topic that people hasn't really been discussing, and that is Justin Fields' his knee issue. He's got a sprain MCL. Uh, he says I'm about eighty to eighty-five percent. Players usually exaggerate that. He's probably more about seventy to sixty-five percent 
I look back at his rushing yards in the Wisconsin game. It was one rushing yard. Uh, he's not a big Lamar Jackson type of player. This guy's got like 40 touchdowns thrown, uh, one interception. He, he, he does, he's, he's looking really good. But I'm thinking to myself, that is what's going to put me over the top for Clemson. If you look at, oh, by the way, look in the coaching staff, Clemson or uh, Ohio State, they are losing two coordinators. They're uh, a coordinator and an assistant there. And, uh, and now, of course, Clemson, they're going to lose their offensive coordinator. But now they're, they're an offensive-minded head coach team, Dabo Swinney. Their offensive coordinator, they're going to lose him, but they're not going to lose their defensive coordinator. That's Brett Vettables. This guy, not head coach of material, but he is an excellent defensive coordinator. We saw what he's done over the years with these players. Uh, like I said, they only got four starters coming back. I want to say Ohio State has like nine coming back, including the best defensive player in the year in Chase on the field, excuse me, with Chase Young, likely going to be a top five, top three NFL draft pick. They do have a better sack record. But that being said, all that being said, Justin Fields uh, may need to get first down uh, with his legs. If you stop the run and make this guy throw, how much uh, of a spiral can he actually throw? How accurate can this guy be playing at 75, 80%? That's maximum. Hold on, everybody. I need to change out my, my podcast. I'm getting close on. All right, here we go. Didn't want didn't to lose that. So if you look at all this, like I said, I was eager to go against the grain all week, but I kept reading about that, reading about that, reading about that with Justin Fields and his legs. Because they probably, on paper, on paper, Ohio State's got a better defense. But you're looking at Ron Day, uh, inexperienced head coach versus Dabo Sweeney. You're looking at the players, even though they're younger players, uh, developing, getting better as the season goes along, Clemson. And then you look at the head coach, two, uh, two national championships there. And then you look at the quarterback. Okay, if both of these quarterbacks, which both are expected to go really high next year, but Trevor Lawrence is projected, uh, most would say, most would say, if he was coming out in this draft, would he would be drafted over Joe Burrows. Look at the season that Joe Burrows has had. So that's how good Trevor Lawrence is. Uh could Chase Young and that defense cause some turnovers and win? Absolutely. Turnovers can win. They got J.K. Dobbins. They can run the ball extremely well. They have an excellent receiving core, Ohio State. I can see that happening. I don't see it happen. I think he Dabo's going to have these guys coached up. But look at the coaching quarterback edge, and he's kind. Of, everything else is kind of a push. And you have an inexperienced quarterback who hasn't played in this big a game in his career in Justin Fields with the bum knee. I can't go against Clemson. So I'm going to take Clemson to win this game. And, of course, that two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take Clemson minus two and a half to win that game. 
not really a hot take. Coming in, I was really leaning heavy on Ohio State and thinking Ohio State would give LSU a big run. But I'm going to take Clemson with, with confidence to win this game after breaking down all these numbers. The fact that they are losing. Um, oh, by the way, there's another stat for you all that think that I'm just trying to favor the South teams. Um, Clemson, not Clemson, but Ohio State gave up over 450 yards uh, the past three games. I had to look at that again. Phil Steele said he couldn't even really um, couldn't really uh, handicap this game. And he, he is one of the best around. Yeah, Clemson, they're also they're losing their offensive coordinator, Jeff, um, Jeff Scott. But I wanted to get that actual number. I want to say it was in the 400 range the last few games, including that, uh, yeah, okay. Ohio State's defense has allowed 414 yards per game over the past two contests. That's against Wisconsin, who mainly relied on their running back, Jonathan Taylor. Which, by the way, this running back draft, again, I will emphasize, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, these guys are great running backs. Really good running backs. It's going to be a really good running back draft, including the Alabama running back. Um, Can't think of his name, but it'll come to me a little bit later. He's going to be a high um, draft pick as well. Well, he, he, he may go in the second round and be a steal for somebody else. Anyways, speaking of Alabama, Paul Feinbaum saying, yeah, Nick Saban's dominance is over. It's not what he said. It's how he said it. Like, Saban is just going to fall off. If you look at how bad they looked against LSU, two was clearly banged up in that game. Defense is not Alabama quality. Uh, look at Clemson uh, last year in the championship game. Looked like they fell off there. Najee Harris was the running back I was trying to think of earlier. Him and Jerry Judy are going to be really spectacular. Jerry Judy's uh, the highest-graded receiver in the draft coming out next year. Uh, T. Higgins, that's a really good uh, receiver draft. Just a little side note. But going back to Nick Say- uh, yeah, Paul Fonbon saying that. Uh, Colin Coward is saying now, look at, Look at the rise of LSU. Look at um, look at Auburn's play now. And Auburn will be really good. I mean, they have a freshman quarterback that beat Alabama in Auburn. That is what got – that. those kind of wins is what get uh, Muschamp and his coaching staff raises like nobody's business. But, you know, all that being said, last week – I want to say it was either last week or the week before. I've been so busy I haven't been able to keep up. But recruiting rankings, uh, the early uh, college football signing day has come up. And, you know, I you know I had to look twice. And then I went back and looked. I want to make sure who all's signed, who all's enrolled to make sure that this is right. So I'm looking at 24-7s and uh, recruiting rankings. And what 24-7 is kind of like real clear politics when it comes to these presidential polls. They average all the uh, recruiting site rankings together to come up with one specific ranking. And you guys would not believe this, but uh, Alabama has the number one class coming into next year. Just when you run a right, 
60-plus Nick Saban off. This guy pulls it out, even with his turnover and coaching staff. And I've talked about this before, that he needs to concentrate more on on-the-field coaching and player development and delegate some of that time that he spends on recruiting to somebody else because, obviously, uh, this team is not playing as well from a defensive standpoint, and they're just not as tight as these Alabama teams have been before in the past. I just don't know how he does it. He pulls out the number one class again. A lot of people were down in Alabama in 2018, me being one of those people looking at the rise of the teams around them, mainly being Texas A&M. I did not see this surge out of LSU beforehand. Someone talked about Joe Burrows had a 54, 57% completion percentage in 2018. This guy gets a new deep offensive coordinator, is assistant with the New Orleans Saints, and it jumps up to 70, 75% completing percentage. This team's undefeated, and, and uh, he's won the Heisman, won the SEC championship game, and me, I think, are going to win the national championship game. They're going to win these two games. So now they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Now this guy's going to be gone. We're going to see how well they recruit their next quarterback and see if they can uh, catch lightning in the bottle again. But Alabama, number one class this year, going back to last year, people were criticizing, me being one of them, that they had the number five ranked class because they haven't had uh, a class outside of one or two over the past several years. Mainly it's the number one class. Now Georgia, a team in their own freaking conference, Kirby Smart, uh, a former assistant there that uh, that Nick Saban recently uh, criticized on his uh, latest documentary, uh, The Art of Coaching with Bill Belichick, where uh, Belichick and him talk about uh, coaches when they leave programs, don't take the assistance from the staff that you worked on. Leave those uh, coaches there to work with the guy who hired you the head coach, Bill Belichick, was talking about uh, and Nick Saban not running off and and, and and scraping up all the coaches out off his staff and him have to go back and, and hire more assistants after uh, the, your defensive coordinator, meaning Nick, uh, Nick Saban, leaves. And uh, that he was talking about when Nick Saban took the Michigan State job in the mid-'90s. Uh, he, was, uh, he was annoyed. Uh, Nick Saban went back and said, he was really annoyed with uh, your Kirby Smarts of the world and Jeremy Pruitt of Tennessee, Kirby Smart of Georgia. All that said, uh, all that being said leading up to this, Georgia has the number two ranked class. Uh, they had the number one class two years ago that had eight five-star players. One of those players was Justin Fields. That's how good a class this team had, and they had the number one uh, running back. I can't remember who that running back was. I know he ended up getting hurt for the season. He had to play comeback. He was behind your DeAndre Ship, uh, Swifts of the world. So that's why I had Georgia initially before this season started win the national championship this year because the way Drake, uh, looking at Jake Fromm, looking at that recruiting class and the recruiting class before that. But that being said, they're the number two class behind Alabama. Okay. And Alabama, they, this Mark Jones, uh, 
45 points that Alabama scored on Auburn, okay? Uh, this is with Mark Jones being the quarterback. Now, he'll be a junior next year. This guy's not a big fall-off. Now, Tua's brother, we don't know how talented this guy's going to be. Uh, his first name is spelled similar to Tua's. It's Tulia. I think it's something T-U-L, T-U-L-I-A or something like that. Uh, his younger brother will be with Alabama next year, is on the Alabama sta- uh, roster. Now, this guy, this Mark Jones, I got a feeling he's going to keep that starting job at quarterback for Alabama. But my point is, the number one class, again, a lot of people putting dirt on Nick Saban. I think that he's going to win another national championship and be the undisputed be the undisputed greatest coach of all time. Like I said last week, or may have been the week before that, talking about the two bill, uh, the uh, the coaching carousel documentary, or the the art of coaching documentary with uh, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. If you Google, if you say Siri, who's the greatest NFL head coach of all time? Bill Belichick. Who's the greatest college football coach of all time? Nick Saban. Nick Saban's got six national championships. He is tied with um, Bear Bryant there. Some people are still saying Bear Bryant's the greatest, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm, I think I would probably take Saban because of the scholarship limits that uh, teams have nowadays. You can only offer so many. There used to not be in Bear Bryant's day scholarship limits. They could stockpile player at the player at the player. It's about 25 a year, I want to say. Uh, you you get so many. Your scholarship limits, That's not that wasn't the case in Bear Bryant's day. That's why it's a little bit more competitive. And plus, you have the transfer, uh, the transfer rules change where you can just transfer uh, every year. So Alabama is, is – um, don't write that. Don't put dirt on them. Has the conference gotten better? Yes. Uh, Lane Kiffin has took the job at uh, Ole Miss. He may take a player or two from Alabama. Not this year. These players, they have 27 commitments. These guys are in road in Alabama. Maybe they find a way to find another um, player or two and add in February. Not many players are left. This early signing day, is what it is. These guys are enrolled. A lot of them are getting into the December fall. They're going to they'll get spring practice, and then they'll do the regular fall practice, and then some other players will come in in fall to get ready. But the ones that come in spring, uh, they're going to be way ahead of the game. You know, I mean, there's been quarterbacks that come in uh, in in spring as freshmen and, and play so well that they end up uh, going through the fall practice as a starter and never letting it go. True freshman, it's happened. Look at, uh, well, I want to say Trevor Lawrence, but uh, he started about the middle of the season, and it turned out to be a huge deal for Clemson. Um, yeah, I was just really surprised that Paul Feinbaum will say that and, and, and Colin Coward. I believed it. That was only uh, – that was after the Auburn loss. Uh, some people started talking about that during the uh, slightly after the in the early November the LSU lost, 
And I'm still following recruiting. I'm saying Alabama's still number one, still number one. Let's see what happens. And now um, they have held on to that spot. Now certain other recruiting services have Clemson now as the number one class. Uh, I think eventually Clemson will pass them. But it's not going to be this big gap. It's not going to happen like that, uh, like some are indicating. That's why I try not to listen. The deeper I get into my program, the less I listen to other sports talk programs, which is kind of bad for me if they're in my carriage. I've listened to a lot of sports talk radio, but it's getting less and less and less because I trust my own instincts more than trust what they say because I'm doing more reading at night and I'm looking into the stuff, watching the games, putting more attention into it. And, yes, this defense has gotten bad, but he's had turnover. He looks like he's not going to lose any of his coaching staff this year. I just said the offensive coordinator for Clemson has gone. Uh, two assistants for, uh, I want to say one being the defensive coordinator from Ohio State is leaving. Ryan Day is not Urban Meyer, everybody. He is not Urban Meyer. They're going to have a good season next year because they got Justin Fields coming back. But let's see how Ohio State looks once those Urban Meyer players flush through. And for the record, Texas A&M is fourth. Uh, former uh, Tom Herman, former coach of uh, assistant with Ohio State coordinator under Urban Meyer with Texas. Talked about the fallout him and Urban Meyer's had. Uh, they have the number three ranked class. Uh, Oklahoma's number six, Oregon seven, Michigan is eight. Uh, nine would be Florida. Ten is Clemson. This is according to 24-7. Eleven's Auburn. Twelve is Penn State. You guys, I just went down to 12. Still Ohio State. Michigan's gotten the number eight. Ohio State is not even in the top ten in recruiting. That's a big deal. Uh, ask Urban Meyer. Recruiting is a big deal. So, uh, Alabama, don't put the dirt on Nick Saban's career yet. My prediction, he'll win another national championship, even in his 60s. Uh, defense, running backs, don't have the best quarterback, but don't necessarily need the best quarterback. Now, he had a good one with Tua. Who says if his brother may develop? He's still very young. He's not quite the talent of, of Tua. Tua came in as a true freshman and helped Alabama beat Georgia in the national championship game a few years ago. I get it. But, uh, you know, these guys are um, still going to be a force to be reckoned with. I understand Auburn. I understand LSU is going to win the national championship. And, by the way, again, Texas A&M is fourth. It's going to be very tough. Lane Kiffin going back to him. Yes, he's coming over from FAU. He tried to hire uh, Mr. Cochran, the uh, the strength, the longtime strength and I can't remember his first name. I know it's Cochran, uh, the longtime strength and condition coach from Alabama, away from Alabama. And of course, that didn't work out. But the vultures are there to take away the assistants, and that annoys the heck out of Nick Saban. But again, with all that being said, all that going on. Still had the number one class. Unbelievable. This guy gets up earlier and he works harder. Uh, that that kind of success don't come overnight. And I'm not ready to throw the dirt on him. 
even though I like to see new things myself. But I'm not one of these narrative people just to have a contrarian opinion, just to have a contrarian opinion or go against the grain. No, I'm going to look at it and, and look at it from an honest perspective and without a bias and say, hey, look, this team's still going to be competitive. They're still going to be one of the favorites going forward to win a championship. It's not going to be a rosy road, but the fact that it's just the way that Paul Faubon said it, like, no, dominant, they're not going to be in the national championship talk. That's ludicrous. Okay. So that is all I have tonight. I went longer than I actually thought I would at 48 minutes. Wasn't even going to do a show tonight. Very tired, but uh, I don't know, man. I, it just seems like that uh, the media, I wanna, they want to bury I got people like Nick Saban, and they still want to hug on, especially your West Coast, your Fox Sports people that are out in L.A., want to put LeBron, and I think mainly that is for show, and this Laker team is, is going to be right there with this Clipper team. It's going to be a really close uh, final. I don't see that. I see this team falling down. I would take the field over the Lakers. I'm still leaning for Clippers right now. This season, my overall take of the NBA, there are a lot of new, new teams and a lot of different parts. See, teams like Boston, even Denver, they're still very young, getting better. Even Milwaukee, we still have the trade deadline coming up. Team like Milwaukee, surging team like a Dallas Mavericks. They're very well coached. Got a phenomenal player in Luka Doncic and a healthy Porzingis. Uh, maybe there's another piece with Houston that could get added in the trade deadline. Don't write off Portland when they get their center back. So there's a lot to be said there. A lot of competition for this Laker team that's very long in the tooth when it comes to their star power and injury issues with their other star who is still very young in Anthony Davis. So that is all I have to say about that. Everybody, I will be back. Probably tomorrow or Saturday. Probably tomorrow. I would like to come back Saturday, but I know those games are already be on Saturday. I wouldn't be able to chance to get everything. I will get my tablet back so I can get my bigger audience in that Periscope and Twitter. Uh, I had that cable guy come out, look at my tablet and everything, and uh, get that fixed with the Wi-Fi issue. Very frustrating because that's the main um bulk of my audience so uh but more likely i'll be back on tomorrow night and doing this show and it'll be another week without the periscope and twitter crowd getting to see me live of course i'm gonna repost it you can always find it at sportscope for the podcast if you like my program on facebook share it uh same thing uh podcast anywhere your podcast is available that is the spotify uh but of course i'm also available on apple podcast and uh, anything else through the Anchor app. So have a good night, everybody. I will see you tomorrow here on Sportscope around 11 p.m. Central Time. Thank you. In there. Okay, my podcast. Let's see. Still running. <laughs>